You are listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Yeah. All right. It turns out the fans need to know the most important update. Everyone's been waiting to find out. How is Sarah's work wardrobe coming? I wish that I could say that I have like a whole bunch of golf pants right now and a blazer too, but I just haven't gotten my act together. So I, I'm so sorry. Right now I am stuck in a room at the hospital uh, they don't let me see people yet, so thankfully it doesn't matter. But like, I'm gonna have to upgrade that stuff by the time I'm doing assessments with actually pa- actual patients. So when does this start? Uh I don't know. Hopefully in the next few weeks. But stay posted for some uh, wardrobe selection. I okay. To be fair, like two pairs of non sweatpants. Um, you have and two pairs of knots. Khakis? Khakis? Yeah, the, like a pair of black pants and a pair of khakis. <laughs> and they're getting heavy use. We'll put it that way. She doesn't even have styles. They're just non-sweatpants. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you... Are you allowed to wear fancy sweatpants at the hospital? You know, like, because I have some fancy sweatpants. You mean, like, totally... the ones that say juicy on your butt? No. <laughs> juicy. <laughs> oh, my God. Baby, baby got back or anything like that. You know? <laughs> no, I'm talking about, you know, rich people with, like, the fancy women who, like, stay home all day sweatpants. You know, like yoga pants? Oh like my god, little... this is like such an East Coast, West Coast conversation, guys. Out here, there's such a thing <laughs> as fancy sweatpants, okay? And they clearly, you like look at them and you're like, oh yeah, that woman, those those sweatpants cost like a hundred bucks. And you can tell they're fancy sweatpants. Anyway, I have a pair of fancy sweatpants that 100% pass for like pants. You, you Do they me? have matching jackets? No, no, there is, they don't say we... anything on them, guys. <laughs> <laughs> No rhinestones, I take it. I feel like I'm explaining the concept of athleisure wear to like (laughs) all East Coast people who are like, wait, what? (laughs) We'll wait for an update eagerly on this. I'm going to introduce you to the concept of fancy sweatpants, okay? No, I can't wear fancy sweatpants (laughs) to work. Uh, No, basically like, I think the, the wardrobe choice is like button downs and like loafers. I feel like I'm not saying that that's the route I'm going, but I've seen a lot of button downs and loafers. I don't think I've seen a pair of loafers. Yeah, I was like, I don't think I've seen a pair of loafers in like 15 years. They're coming back. They're coming back. Are you going to put the little penny in yours too? Put the little penny in. (laughs) Penny loafers. I'm putting a quarter in. All right. (laughs) All right, here's my other question for Sarah, though. Have you not had time because you've been sick from Singapore? I've been waiting to find out about this because everyone was sick after Singapore. Who got sick? I have no idea. Half, like all the men who raised 70.3 worlds this past weekend, all were sick. Like if you go through Instagram and you like look at everyone who said they were sick. Men are babies. They cry too much. They cry too much. That doesn't count. 
It was probably the bed. But no, if you go through, you're like, who had stomach bugs? It was all these people from Singapore. It's probably because they didn't try the local food. And because Sarah did try the local food, she then became immune to the local stomach bugs. There you go. So what's interesting is, did any of the women? One of the, I want to say one or two of them messaged me and were like, you should, everyone's sick. But I only think it was like, I've only heard of one woman being sick. Okay. Because maybe, maybe if it was a water quality thing. Mm. Um, although they were really strict about the water quality standards. So that's what I told one of the women. I was like, well, yeah. Sarah said they were really strict about water quality standards. Super cool. so. Yeah. Super strict. Yeah. But so yeah, maybe they just didn't eat the right food. Yeah. They needed to eat more street food. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up today, Khadija is going to tell us about her craziest penalty ever. Uh, also, apparently she's now a track state champion. And uh, and then and then we're gonna break down seventy point three and Nice coming up. Iron Women is excited to announce a new partnership with Bicycle, the largest global marketplace for pre-owned bikes. With more than twenty thousand pre-owned and refurbished road, gravel, mountain, and triathlon bikes available, Bicycle connects buyers and sellers on a global scale and makes the process of buying and selling bikes safe, easy, and convenient for riders. We all know there are plenty of marketplaces and classified sites out there, but what sets Bicycle apart is their guaranteed buyer protection, secure payments, simple shipping, and first-class customer service. Additionally, when you sell a bike, Bicycle provides a bike box directly to your door and coordinates pickup at a time that works best for your schedule. That kind of service has me swayed and I'm cleaning up one of my old race bikes to sell on Bicycle right now. For a limited time, you can save up to $100 on your purchase at Bicycle by entering the code FEISTYTRY, all caps and one word, at checkout. That's code FEISTYTRY at Bicycle.com. B-U-Y-C-Y-C-L-E dot com. Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It's about seeking moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected to the beauty of the world around us. And let's be honest, with a lot of swim, bike, and run, we get to see a lot of beauty. Orca's been a longtime partner of Feisty, and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. I absolutely love my Orca wetsuit. Apex is number one, but there's a range of triathlon wetsuits. You can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. Really, there's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. As a feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Get out there and chase some epic, friends. So Jocelyn, I know, you know, we're getting older and aging and you've been using Amino Coast Heal as part of your like post-workout recovery, right? Yeah, it seems like after I became a mom and then turned 40, my recovering abilities really tanked. So as you remember, I then tore my meniscus, had to get surgery in my knee, and now I've had this lingering ligament injury in my foot. So I've been adding a scoop of the chocolate-flavored heel to like either a glass of chocolate milk or a recovery smoothie, and I love that it helps accelerate muscle 
muscle repair and reduce inflammation so I can keep training and racing hard in my 40s. Yeah. And so you use the AminoCo Heal Chocolate. How do you like it? How does it taste? It tastes pretty good. I mix it up with a bunch of stuff. So it's like, tastes like a chocolate shake. And all AminoCo products are 100% science backed. It's, you know, Feisty's go-to essential amino acids. And you can get 30% off with the code writing, as in if we were writing, at aminoco.com slash writing. You'll also get a free gift for new purchasers. That's aminoco, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash writing and use the code writing at checkout for 30% off and a free gift. All right, Khadija, just before we got on, uh, Jocelyn dropped this bomb. You're now a track state champion? Like double, double state yes. champion. Yes. To be fair, there are only four women in my age group. So. <laughs> that is more than one, Khadija. You yeah, beat what's people. what's the saying? You can only beat who shows up, man. You scared so, them all off. My friend, Yulene, um, she runs Masters for USAT. And she said, come on out. We're having uh, state track and field championships. And she's one of my best friends. So I showed up and she put me in the 5K, the 3K, and I had to run an 800 in a relay. But what I was most happy about is I got a little bit of speed left in these old legs. I ran a 236, nice. 800. You ran a 236? Wow. Okay, now my heart was I had to like shove it back in my chest <laughs> but yeah I was I was really surprised that's really impressive surprised. yeah that's I couldn't go another step I couldn't go another step though <laughs> I was I was toasted but maybe yeah. you should have been the 800 too from the sound of it like, yeah that's what she realize. was saying she's like you should have done the 800 and the 1500 so oh I, my god I, you I could do, do all of them time. next year I might um, I do a couple uh uh, do the 800 to 1500 next year but I had a ball I love track I ran track as a a child and um I was the one on the track team that kept the GPA up in college because I definitely wasn't the fastest on the team I straight A's though <laughs> did you guys watch the track and field world championships yes some yeah a little bit I little bit. on instagram <laughs> i was really interested in hassan uh safan because she's just got guts she's like you know mm -hmm. what i might not win them all but i'm gonna try to go for it and she's got such great sportsmanship so i, I loved watching her yeah, yeah faith though won the 15 and yeah. the 5k which was like crazy i don't yeah. think it, i think that's the first time anyone's done that like in this world champion it's like an it odd double be. Yeah, it might be. It yeah. was crazy. She's got yeah. an amazing range. Both of oh, them the, do. The drop baton, the DQs. Oh, and the four bar. The I was happy though. I mean, because obviously, you know, pro America over here, and the they swept the <laughs> four by one. It was like the four, and then like the men and the women swept, and then they were all like jumping around each other in a big pile. Like I couldn't figure out who everybody was in that pile, and then I realized like all the men and women were running out in this pile onto the on the track. It was very cute. That is really cute. Yeah. It was really exciting. So, and it was great to see uh, Shakari. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's really got her head together now. It did. You can tell by the things that come out of her mouth. Gratitude is her superpower. It's that's, pretty that's crazy how young she still is. I like forget how young she was when she got that doping offense. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's why it was like, 
you felt for her because right she like smoked some pot after what was it her mom was in the hospital her mom died and she was her like mom died. Yeah. died yeah i can't remember if she had died right before or right after um and yeah she was like 20 and you're like dude this is you know a 20 year old going through some terrible stuff yeah yeah i think it, it's just so much credit to her like how resilient she was to bounce back and be you know now she's world champion and like that would be at 20 going through that and having so many people kind of publicly scrutinize everything you're doing and they were so critical of the poor girl i mean 20 year you're still a girl in my my book <laughs> um but like she just you know she's she's really matured and yeah. so much fun to to watch somebody's career like that going into the games like yeah i'm excited for something like that you're excited I also, uh, maybe you guys already discovered, since, you know, we all just watched it via Instagram, because you could watch it entirely on Instagram. Have you watched, there's this woman who does interviews with them behind. Oh, yeah. She's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Called Real Talk of Tea. And she, like, used to be a track runner, so she knows all of them. And so they're, like, a lot of times she's the only one they'll come and talk to, like, when they, and they're, like, the best interviews. So anyway, she had, she, like, Shikari, she was the only one Shikari talked to after Nationals, and she had all of them, and it was very, you know, you should go and Google these. Yeah. Whatever they say, cuss words and everything. It's great. <laughs> is it Tiana? Um, yeah. Was it Barta? No, no. It's no. Uh, Tiana Williams. Tiana Williams. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, but they're really funny, and this is my new favorite interviewer. Real talk with T. I like her too. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna have to do in Kona. Is we're gonna have to, you know, get everyone to dance with us or whatever. The fun interviews. Fun. Exactly. Exactly. We also have, though, before Kona, guys, we have Nice next week. So next week, I'm headed to Nice. Khadija's apparently headed to another eight-mile swim or something. I don't know. You go... She's always doing something crazy. But Nice, guys. <laughs> are we excited for Nice? Are we ambivalent about Nice? I can't decide. What do we think? I'm terrified. Like, <laughs> no, dead serious. I, I know what you're talking th- about. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it this way. But uh, so when I was in Singapore, I sat down um, with Dave McNamee, who... He's been on the podium at Kona and we're just talking about Nice. He's like, you know what? I went over, checked out the course, was there for a few days, realized somebody's going to die. And oh, I decided, no. yeah. Well, and in I all fairness, no one died go. when 70.3 Worlds was there. And I thought that, like I wrote it a couple of days before 70.3 Worlds when I, when we were like in 2019 and I was like, oh my God, someone's going to die. And no one did. So. So not in that race, but I guess somebody else, other people have died in the, like that hot corner. Oh, the full, the yeah. Iron Man. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, like Iron Man France, you mean? Yeah. Like, like full Iron Man that's in July. Or... There's going to be that one amateur that swears they have the bike handling skills of a pro and it's going to do something crazy. And unfortunately you can't. I mean, everybody has ego, but some people just have ego out of control. It is a really, like when I wrote, like, okay, so the course is like, is the 70.3 course, if you've done 70.3 there, plus like a whole nother climb and and across. So I did the 70.3 half when we were there, like I wrote it. And it is just like very European, right? If you've ever ridden like European roads, it's like very twisty descent through like little like cars pull out suddenly in like the little town there's like no like it will be closed but there's no way to shut down like every one of those random houses up on the side of a hill right um and no guardrails 
and no guard. Well, then, like, uh, one of the times, like, the only bad accident at 70.3 Worlds was somebody crashed into a guardrail. But, yeah, there are no guardrails, largely. It's really steep. Yeah, if you go over. Yeah. If you go over, that's, it's bad news. So, I guess if there's no guardrails, you can't put hay bales. No, they put them, like, around the roundabouts. Like, when you're going through the little towns, they put them out. Yeah. But I was, I was quite worried about that last time and it wasn't as bad but i do think obviously i mean the pros will go super fast and some people will probably get sucked into going faster than they should yeah yeah so part of it is that uh i mean dave specifically has like pins in Mm, his wrist because he crashed really badly a long time ago like just wrist surgery but uh yeah it just I don't think that an athlete, a pro athlete should be thinking in order to race at that level, do I need to take unnecessary risks? Um, And I know it's part of cycling, but triathlon, you know, what's great about like Kona or, you know, 70.3 world champs this time around, there are no real unnecessary risks that need to be made to other than like the heat and Kona um, to try to win. Right. You're like, (laughs) I was laughing because you're saying that. And then of course you did hospitalize yourself or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 But not in terms of like, okay, I need, you know, to really push the limits in terms of um, bike handling. Yeah. The like going off of the, like the whole idea of like controlled risk and controlled danger. Right. And all these things, it's like fascinating. Cause like, obviously we know we're signing up for something that has a certain amount of risk, but we also like, but if it's beyond that, we get like really outraged. Right. We're like, no, we, cause we expect like a certain amount of controls and safety and like standards to be met. And I'm only thinking about this. So there was this whole, and I think Jocelyn knows that, but there was this big tough mother race out here. Oh yeah. And it's made national news and stuff now that had like hundreds of people came down with a bacterial infection. And it turns out it was just like bacteria in the dirt. There's really nothing that could have been done about it. It's just a risk of doing a race in like muddy water with people. But this is, I had to explain this a bunch. I wrote a thing about it. I'd explain to people who don't do these things and like don't understand. And they were all like, well, why would you do that? And I was like, well, you can get a staph infection at a nail salon and that has no upside. So I would never go to a nail salon. I'd, if I'm going to get a staph infection, I'd rather get it swimming. Yeah. Why right? would you shave off your eyebrows and paint on new ones? Right. Like they're like, so the, but then I got really, I went down this whole like, hole of like, you know, what is your expectation of risk? <laughs> like, and trying to explain it to somebody who doesn't do these things. They're like, they don't understand it at all. You know? Yeah, nobody's nobody's forcing people to compete. And like somebody like Dave has decided not to compete at a world champs, um, you know, because he doesn't want to take that risk. Yeah, overall, I'm excited uh, because new location, world champs, always always good. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really fantastic race. But there's part of me that's like, oh, things yeah, yeah, could yeah. good go wrong oh definitely i think probably everybody is like holding their breath a little bit yeah for that for sure anyway i'm headed out i rented a bike so that i can go and check it out you know nice. on my own so i can you know report you should back. wear your helmet well yeah i think that's part of the part of the deal <laughs> <laughs> good advice jocelyn <laughs> um so yeah i don't know if anybody has any tips about these i'm always like 
I'm going to say this, and this is going to be one of those things where you guys yell at Kelly for hating on things. I don't really get France. Like, I don't understand why everybody's into France that much. <laughs> French people are, our French listeners are so mad at you already. <laughs> <laughs> I well, raced uh, at Umbra Man and oh, like yeah. part of the Alpe d'Huez triathlon and like it's in the French Alps. So yeah, everything's like mountainous and narrow and twisty and but you know what, Kelly, they have great croissants there. See, maybe that's my whole problem. You know one thing yeah. I do am excited about in France, though? It's the UTMB. That is the one thing I do really want to do. Why? I, I mean, I, I get it. But also, <laughs> like, there are other races you can do in the U.S. and not have to go to France. True. But trail running, there are a lot of things I think Europeans do that are stupid. I think they do trail running right. I appreciate that they do like huge, like it's a real big crowd thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Good. We can agree on this. Track and field's more exciting in Europe too. They get into it. Track meets there are like, yeah, they're the bomb. It Here it's kind of like, eh. I mean, it's fun to run, but crowds are totally different and they understand track etiquette here. Everybody just kind of, you know, you're saying that the Georgia State Championships did not have Browse. a sold-out stadium. No. <laughs> it was not sold out. Yeah. All right, we're yeah. going to take a break. And when we come back, we're all Sid Talks, recapping 70.3 Worlds. And then we'll talk about, you know, our own thoughts on 70.3 Worlds. All right, this week we're going to keep it short, Sid. It's a short Sid Talks. <laughs> we always say that, and then it's like 40 minutes later. Anyway, I need to shut up because it's going to be short. Yeah, Five short, minutes. short. That's we're just going to focus stop. 70.3 worlds. That is the focus. So did, you watched it, I take it. It was like... I weird. Yeah, I kind of... Well, I tried to watch it, and I made it till about... Because obviously it was... It started at 10... Yeah, it started at 10 p.m. We're in Boulder. Um, but obviously the women's race was delayed by an hour... So the coverage started at 10. The race was meant to be 10.30. The, blah, there's half an hour delay. So it was 11. So I made it till about maybe midnight, just after midnight on the women's. And I made mm. it to about one o'clock in the men's. And then, um, yeah, bailed. Because I was like, actually, you have to get up and train in the morning. Um, and you can come back and watch it. But um, yeah, I kind of wanted to watch it. But I did see, I was more obviously biased, more invested in the women's race. Sure. Um, just with, well, you know, <laughs> we can talk about the women. With all the women. With all the uh, women. Uh, I also, yeah. I will say, I think because of all the tech issues that they had with the stream, they did make it free for everyone on the replay because usually it's not. You have to watch it live, which is the whole hard thing about triathlon. But now you can go back and watch it on YouTube if you want to. So I've gone back and watched some of it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and I, actually, I, I watched, I think I watched the women through outside and then the men on YouTube. And I know they got a lot of stick. I actually had no issues with the the broadcast from what I was watching. Anyway, yeah, uh, time panic. But the so I, so I've seen the women's rate or the bits, and it was in the one hand, it was exactly how we said it was going to go, and on the other hand, obviously quite good. I think partially because men's niece is in two weeks, uh, with the women's race was a lot more stacked. Like you just had a lot bigger names. Um, and Taylor just, Taylor Nib just runs away from all of them. She just Yeah, but it was really, you know, was, I thought it was really interesting. Some of the women had some fantastic swims. Like a Cat Matthews was probably further up than most people had expected. I'm sure not where she, I'm sure she knew she would be there or wanting to be there. 
Um, you know, we knew uh, Lucy Hall would be out front. Um, but yeah, the big names are there and it kind of almost came down to, well, most names were there in the mix that we expected to be. Taylor Nib obviously just dominated, ran away with it, but super impressed with Kat Matthews, really excited about where, what she's going to do, uh, not just Kona, but the next few years, obviously excited about what Taylor can do in Kona as well. Like potentially, alleged, wait, uh, potentially, potentially, we'll we'll see. See, potentially <laughs> could be win on debut in Kona, <laughs> debut Ironman, youngest. I, I'm not actually, I need to confirm if she'd be the youngest. Be youngest yeah. Okay, well, to, anyway. be, to be clear, Sid doesn't have some secret information here. Ta- Taylor is on the start list by virtue of having 170.3 worlds last year. And she has accepted that start. She has not decided if she's going to take it or not yet. And I don't think she's not just like being, I don't think she's, I think she was waiting to see how this all went. She has not decided. Yeah, I think so. But I wouldn't be surprised to see her there. Like I, from what I've heard talking to a few people, her passion is in Ironman. Her, that's where her like heart of the, the sport is. Um, to us, to many of us, it seems a bit weird with the Olympic year and the chance of an Olympic medal, but you know, if that's what she wants, you do you exactly like who are we to put our, you know, that's our projection because I don't ever stand a chance at going to the Olympics, but I'd love to. <laughs> and that to me is bigger. But, you know, for her, it might be different anyway. Um, and then Imogen Simmons. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like so good to see her back. And I think people were quite surprised. Yeah. I'm speaking fast now because I'm worried about five minutes. I think people were quite surprised about it. But hey, but we're like, hey, hang on. If you go back to Nice 70.3 Worlds pre-COVID, she finished third there. She's just had in, she's had a real rough injury. She had surgery on her hip, and yeah, she hasn't had an amazing year. But that's because she's come back racing. And if, actually, you look at the races that she's done this year; each one has just been that bit better, that bit better, that bit better. She raced Singapore. She was one of the one. She, well, actually, she raced on antibiotics in well, but she was probably one of the only athletes that actually backed up well from Singapore in right. So let's because well, everyone got sick coming out of Singapore. Everyone got sick coming, out, which then obviously. With the men's race as well, as well as missing some names, because I think Nice being so close, some of those names that came over from Singapore were sick. And so that kind of like a Jason West, it would have been fantastic. To Jason see West, uh, Christian, Sam, Christian, Sam, Aaron. Yeah. It's if yeah. you go around on the Instagrams and you like yeah, look the, at who, on the gram, on the gram and you look at who had a stomach bug and who was at Singapore. Uh, yeah, there is some alignment, which I'm, I, don't, I don't know why, but there is. So, uh, so that's the so in the men's race. I mean, we'll women's race to- was awesome. Women's great, race is awesome. Lots of good names up there. Some great performances. Men's race, right? So got taken out by Singapore flu, and all of a sudden we have in the top ten like names I didn't even know. Which yeah, is crazy. so I mean, I I'm I think there's one name on there that I'm not familiar with. The rest of them I have heard of, but I definitely I would hands up. And this is no disrespect to the guys. I think they did a great job, and they deserve to get those results. Obviously, on the day but I wouldn't have picked. Uh, the only one I probably would have picked is Freddie Funk, I think. Yeah, I think he was kind of that, um, the one that you'd probably have put in the mix there, you know. Um, but the rest of them, like Jim and, Jim and Queen's Clean Sweep, all super young guy. Actually, I forget how young Freddie Funk is as well. Um, yeah, Rico Bogan, Rico Bogan's like, yeah. 22? Yeah. yeah. I think Freddie, someone was saying Freddie Funk's younger than that. I thought he was older, but anyway. Uh, Jan uh, Stratman, it's just like this next, generation have mm-hmm. just took the opportunity with the, again those big names not mm-hmm. being there some of the athletes focusing on nice um and, and they got in it, a bike group and they biked away and that's and it know. be and it was a very european race which is kind of different to the women's i think 
it was the same similar result to what we'd have seen wherever that race would have been if it'd been St George or whatever whereas I think we saw a very European obviously clearly if you look at the top 10 but a dominant European there um, is a a style to European racing which I think we will see a lot in Nice as well um but that brings us to we have to talk about the imaginary white line Oh, so Lionel Sanders got DQ'd, posted on Instagram. It's been a hot topic. Everyone's talking about it. He got DQ'd for crossing the center line. Yeah. Except he crossed it in a place there was no center line. And so he got yes. DQ'd for crossing an, an imaginary. imaginary center line. And apparently the road was also closed. It was one way. Um, it, I've heard it was a, a full road close, which I think is great. It should be. It's a world championship. It, well, every race should be, but I know that's not possible, but world championships should be. Again, it goes back a little bit what was discussed at the pro meeting. And also, is it if it's a closed road, does the center line rule still apply? And then if there's no no line, then how do you judge that? Now, I, again, heard mixed things about maybe it wasn't particularly dangerous. Right. I heard he passed it anyway. Maybe it was a corner. But again, closed road. And then you see, yes. You see on the broadcast, other athletes. Visibly passing yes. the white line. And so that becomes this whole like, wait, clearly this applies to some people and not other and not people. To others. Yeah. And I get it. So, like what we saw was the cameras, the refs might not have been there at that point. Like totally, totally true. It's also where we've been saying with Iron Man, you should have a ref in the broadcast tent or whatever tent, in the broadcast truck, whatever you want to call it, um, to see to see the broadcast and to see penalties and then Either they can communicate to the TR on the ground to be like, get up there, or they can issue on yeah, yeah, some broadcast. You know, like um, what's it called in football? Um, the V the VAR, VAR virtual. Yeah, we don't yeah. have that yet in triathlon. That's we not a thing. But, but you know, I think it was actually Didi. I don't want to take her her suggestion. I think it's Didi's been saying like we should have a technical right. official in the broadcast truck, whatever you want to call it. Um, I do also find it hilarious that they talk as if they're in the commentators talk as if they're in Finland and it's like you're clearly not in Finland but that's fine you're like it's I okay. saw you at the pool in I Boulder, the pool yesterday. In Boulder <laughs> yesterday there's no way you got to Finland and I saw you between the two races there's no right, way you're in right, Finland let's right. just not let's just not pretend we are you've, you've got a team in Finland on the ground that's fine like that's funny okay um, that I mean there's a lot of like you know, whatever. This is the age of the internet and where there's a lot of like trying to figure out where people are and what they're doing and interpreting and all that kind of thing. Um, but it was pretty, I mean, one, uh, yes, the women's race is great. Very exciting. Two, yeah, I think you're right. The men's race played out like we're more like we're going to see a decent two weeks, even though it'll be very different names in two weeks. It was very European style. Um, I, I, I reckon it could be a French one, two, three in Nice next yeah, week. Yeah, possible. If yeah. Sam Laidlaw gets over his illness. Yeah, so although I think, I think Jan might have something to say about that. I would yeah, like. I, I think Jan might that. be on yeah. the podium. I'd like to see him on the podium. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he yeah. knows how to race in Europe. He does. The Americans yeah. are going to do terrible in Nice. I just like, I, I, I like. Even though I love all the Americans, and we all know I'm very pro-American, and I like all the guys. I this was my first thought when they announced Nice as the Ironman. I was like, oh my god, the Americans did terrible at it when it was seventy point three. Like on the whole, obviously some did, some individuals, but it's not our style of racing. Like we don't know how to take those descents. Yeah. And and so to go back to the center line, that's going to be really interesting. And I hope they bring it up at the pro meeting in terms of, you know, we saw at the um, at 70.3 Worlds, I think Rudy Von Berg going down on his aero bars down that descent 
all over the road. And, and so he's there. our great American hope for being able to descend And, and I get that. Yeah. Um, but like, what is the rule? Because if you want to descend safely down that, and it, it should be, I fucking hope it's a closed road on that descent. But if you want to descend safely, you should be able to take the road to be able to take the, the right corner. Or alternatively, you've got to slow down enough to take the corner in the in the lane. But what is the ruling going to be? And apparently, I think talking to an athlete who's over there at the moment, there isn't a center line on that descent no, either. No, there's not. No, I've read so, it. Yeah, yeah, you know more. So, you know, what is that ruling? Well, there isn't in some places, but there's also little towns that they're not going to be able to shut down and cars pulling out. So it'll be, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I rented a bike in Nice so that I can go and scope it all. I just want everyone to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> Please uh, be safe. Yes. Speaking of safety and finishing up our six minutes here, Super League started this past weekend too in London. Obviously, it's always I'm not sure on that tent link between speaking safety. of safety. <laughs> I feel like I think of Super League as the NASCAR of oh, okay, all right, yeah. It's it's True. like always crashes True. and fast yeah, yeah. and people falling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, you seem to be actually understanding it this year. There are basically geographic teams. Yes. So this is my very brief understanding, but I've not read into it and I know we're already over time. They've <laughs> reshuffled the teams and there's four teams and they've done it more on a geographic basis. So there is a predominantly British team. There is a US team there. And then I get a bit confused because there's the Bahrain team and the Santara tech team. And it seems like each team has got an independent sponsor coming in to help fund it. Um, so what we saw at the weekend, it was in London. I mean, the crowds looked amazing. I think they do a fantastic job of getting spectators and stuff there. Um, but it was a fairly dominant display by the the British team, which are the Sharks. I mean, I think on the women's side, um, one, two, three, four, five of the top 10 were the British team. Um, and on the men's, it was Alex and Johnny. Alex and Johnny won, yeah. which is great. Again, great to see Johnny up there because I think he's had a bit of a rough year and Olympic yeah, qualification yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but they were very dominant there now, maybe depending on maybe now. This is where team tactics comes in, I think, mm -hmm. and the value of the team manager. And as they move on to the next location, whether that is that. I mean, it was the women's race basically from the swim, the front pack was five in fact the six or five or six of the british the sharks taylor spivey and uh, jenny lahair <laughs> that was kind of it um who are the other teams so i think that's how they've done it this year i'm not sure how the bahrain and the nobody Sun knows it's not it's not no but there is a british predominantly british there's a, a u.s team and that sort of thing so yeah this is now the super league what is it one rate you know Season. every, every yeah. weekend kind of thing for the next they are months. spreading them out because they're going to sprinkle because Ponte is in the middle and then Malibu's like two weeks before Kona and they don't and then they're having the last one after Kona okay um, yeah yeah I only know that because it is brutal it is brutal racing I mean you say it, it's only short and it's done you know but it looks it's like the hour, kind that is. I most don't want to yeah. do so. yeah I do like the fact now though that you've seen because like on at the weekend it was swim bike run swim bike run swim bike run and then like for like half the lap of the run, they've got their swim caps and their goggles on ready to go. And then, and now also there's a change. They still have the short shoots and that's all complicated, but now the team managers can reset up the athletes transitions whilst they're during the race. But it, but that's quite tricky because if you've got all your seven, well, however many athletes, five athletes at the front, like the sharks did, um, she didn't have time, um, um, uh, give me Stu Hayes team manager Michelle Dillon um she didn't actually have time to get the athletes 
set up done properly while they're in the water because it was so quick oh, and because all of our athletes are at the front whereas if they're kind of spread out see this is actually anyway. just gonna become a super league podcast now so yeah that's it we're done anyway <laughs> okay. no what are we on seven minutes eight minutes all right. too long uh well that's all that happened this past weekend we'll be back next week we'll talk about nice a little um because i'm headed there and uh nice you know, be nice your, and nice nice and nice uh go get your training in soon and we'll do and we'll do okay here's my question ready should Taylor Nib do Kona? So next year, because she qualified, uh, so they give a free slot, right, mm-hmm. to whoever wins 70.3 Worlds. And she's on the start list and for this October right now from last year's 70.3 Worlds. Oh, so she oh, could so, oh, do right, it next too, yeah. year, too. So she could oh. literally, the talk is about whether or not she should literally do it this October. She is on the start list from last year's 70.3 Worlds win. And she was like waiting to see kind of how Paris went and how Finland went and everything. Wow. I didn't know that she would consider that. She is considering it. She is. That's why she's on the start list right now. Interesting. I wonder, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, clearly she's got more talent than I do, but I'm like, I wouldn't do it before the Olympics, but you know, hey, she knows her body better than I mean. I'm super impressed about like her whole foot injury. So she had a broken foot, which makes me hopeful that my broken foot will heal up amazingly, (laughs) just like Taylor Nibs. And then I can go on to world domination too. (laughs) It's exactly what's going to happen, Jocelyn. Yeah. I like it. That, you know, the, that, that is the correlation there. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Broken foot, world domination. Uh, I would say there's a lot of downside, not a lot of upside. <laughs> no, honestly. Like, no, I know. I just thought it was funny because was that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She has a long career ahead of her. Why Russia? Oh, yeah, why Russia? Well, because she, she just qualified for next year's Kona. Or, no, it's in Nice, though. It's in Nice, Richie, yeah. So she qualified for next year's women's Nice. So, yeah, I do feel like it's a little risky, like if she gets hurt in like building up, especially coming from that foot injury, like getting your mileage up for Ironman training is quite a bit more than 70.3, uh, depending on your coach. Sometimes right, it's the same. You are, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say like, look, like I don't, it's not like I have, this is all like public knowledge, right? Like she's like said she'll, that she's. She said, we'll see. I'm thinking about it. Um, and I'm like, like a lot of people are saying like what you right? Like this, that's like, you have plenty of time. You're 24 or like, or 25, but you know, she's also like, she's established that she's going to do what she wants. So, you know, she's going to do what she wants. If she wants, like, if she wants to race uh, UCI next year with Trek, like, you know, it's up to her. You do that's you. True. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she does it and like wins. <laughs> The other, like, obviously the part that I'm hung up on is, like, Coda as your first Iron Man. Like, that used to be more common, but now that's, like, nobody does that anymore. You can't really. Well, you can't. Yeah, because it's so hard to qualify with a 70.3 now, where it used to be more common when there were less races. I was at one of those China races where they were trying to, like, grow the sport in China. And so it's, like, one of those 70.3s where they had spots for Kona. And, you know, the 18 to 24 age group. Mm-hmm. basically it's like 19 year old girls like okay and you could see she was like holy shit <laughs> like now i have to figure out how to do iron man and go mm-hmm. which is funny so 
But did you guys watch? I mean, Seventy Three Worlds was like midnight for us, or nine PM for me, midnight for you guys. Did you, did you guys watch any of it, or like watch it later? It's I try. I tried to track some of it because I had um, a couple of friends doing it. TNT and Jamie. Oh yeah, yeah. I and did not wake I... up in the middle of the night because yeah. of yeah. that amazing pillar performance, Magnesia, <laughs> that <laughs> sponsors this podcast. <laughs> Sleeping hard, <laughs> but. Um, I, as soon as I did wake up, I checked on Instagram right away to see Taylor Nib and Rico, Rico Bogan crossing the finish line, grabbing the tape. Obviously, the big news coming out of it was the, well, of course, like the big news is the winners. But then the the in the weeds triathlon controversy is the whole getting DQ'd for crossing a white a center line that isn't actually on the ground, right? So Lionel Sanders with the crossing the center line that was an imaginary center line is causing a lot of controversy. And here's my question. So have you guys ever been DQ'd in a race? You got weird penalties? DQ'd is like, I've had a drafting penalty in like a big age group field where every it was hard not to, Sure, but DQ'd is pretty severe. I've I've just gotten penalties for like, random bottles popping out and you know like don't even notice and all of a sudden you're like what littering penalty like there were railroad tracks i didn't know i lost that bottle right that littering <laughs> yeah. one always seems like really yeah the unintentional yeah so i've I've never gotten anything like that yeah like for crossing weird. the the imaginary line imaginary line i've never gotten a penalty but i i have been dq'd because of my kit really yep i got Did they tell you at the beginning or at the end after you've gone they told me after the race was over that uh, i was dq'd but i um i protested to the i guess the head official and um by the end of the race i was reinstated but the <laughs> the funny thing is i went um over to where you know the officials were and i said hey i'm in an approved kit and uh I forgot the guy, the comment that the guy made, but it was basically like he said he didn't care. Really? And then the funny thing is the head official came over and he knew me from another race. He was like, hey, Khadija, how you doing? And the guy who DQ'd me and was all snarky when I came up to him, his you should have, his whole face dropped, his whole persona changed. I was like, hey, how you doing? I was like extra nice. <laughs> how you doing? It's good to see wow. you. What What did he say was wrong with your kit? He said it was a wetsuit. I said, clearly, this is not a wetsuit. I, I was still in the position where I had to present my kits to um, the race director so that, to prove that I wasn't getting an unfair advantage. So the race director and the head official had already seen my kit. They knew I wasn't getting an unfair advantage. There was no compression in my arms or below the knees. I mean, it's just all kinds of stupidity. And then this guy's like, she swam in a wet. So I was like, no, I didn't. I said, you can look at, I don't care who said what, blah, blah. Not a problem. So I stood right there and he asked me what I was waiting for. I said, I'm waiting for the head official to come. He's like, well, you're DQ'd. It's not going to change. Okay. I do think, like, it does seem to me, like, I appreciate that, like, you know, the majority of officials are doing, like, what they, like, are not, not Sounds out like to get people. power trip. Yeah, though. but I was gonna say, yes, I do think it's weird exactly it when some of the, some of, like, how much power is in the hands of, like, one random person sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. That's what always seems, like, a little, a little crazy. Yeah. So, 
But I mean, now it doesn't matter. The at least for USAT and uh, WT, the rules are changed, so that's not something that anybody who races covered, whether it's because of their religious beliefs or because they they have skin issues, they can race fully covered. So it's not it's not an issue anymore. Iron Man, it's an issue, but I'm not worried about that. Apparently, USAT is also changing the rules, though. I talked to like their um so that you. Because they used to have the rules where you wouldn't only find out later and you were like after. And now they are changing it. So they do it in like the same as Iron Man, the same as like we're all used to, where they show you a card and tell you like during as opposed, which is like a lot better, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I like knowing too, because then I like to know which one of my competitors already has a card. Sure. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah's, Sarah's shaking her head. You know, just to play devil's advocate, the downside is if they've, improperly giving you a card like that can, that can change, change the, the race. Of the race yeah that's so yeah. yeah like i would almost rather have like at the end two minutes subtract you know added to my time um but here's my other question though if they've it can't it totally can change the race which is the argument for why it should be served during right because then like the people who are like drafting shouldn't get the benefit and then like right but then don't you have the choice I thought at a pro level, you had the choice to like not serve it and appeal it, or do you have to serve it? You know what I'm saying? Yes, that's true. You can, you can. There was like, I don't know. Obviously, if you don't serve it, it is an automatic DQ. So then you'd have to like really fight it. You got to know you're right. Yeah. Because I had a friend who straight up got a penalty. You know, they write down in their book like the number and some little description. And they clearly had written down the wrong number because the description was like, man and this she's like a woman right like it was like not it was like not her and like they were like well it's your no and like it took forever to like be like no this is like literally not me like you're just like this kid is not mine the colors like what you wrote here is not me but that's that's pretty much the only time i've heard of of like penalties getting overturned if it's like literally not you otherwise like they don't get it returned well and it just seems the frustrating thing is that these rules are not being equally enforced you know they're saying i mean i i haven't seen that the live stream had other male athletes crossing the non-imaginary center lines without any penalties and how do they know where the line is i mean really i mean well the imaginary center line right that's the funny part but to joss's point there were people on camera literally crossing the white line but but and i get this jocelyn like it's not like the TV broadcasters are the refs, right? Like they can't give penalties. The refs weren't there then. So yeah. So it so then are they ahead. looking around and making sure the officials are not around when they cross <laughs> the they purposely cross the center line? Apparently, because I've been talking to a bunch of USAT officials lately for a story. Do you want to know what the two most common rule violations are, though? Like in the US, I got like just rant, not like. Crossing the mount line. Yeah. No. Nope. I would say drafting and littering. Headphones? Buckling oh. your helmet. And not, not buckling your helmet. Unbuckling your helmet, your helmet or not buckling your helmet. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, those are like the two most common. Because the majority of people come from running and running, they're like used to wearing head freight. Like that's just like uh-huh. a regular person. I've never been able to run with headphones. It just totally messes up my rhythm. Really? Yeah. And I'm so short, I'd probably have to be listening to, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks for me to be in, in sync with my cadence. 
You're like, yeah. I do it for really long, boring runs, you know, but that's it. Or the treadmill. Treadmill. I actually realized at some one point when I was doing a bunch of treadmill that, like, I was definitely damaging my hearing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my my hearing is all messed up. I like, just add this yeah, to the list sure. of things I've messed up from triathlon. <laughs> that means you're ready for more children. You can zone everything out. I can. Yeah. <laughs> you can literally, as long as nobody's bleeding, I'm just. Yo. Just <laughs> oh man! All right, before it gets super random, Sarah, what's your random question this week? Not super random. Okay, in the first mm-hmm. triathlon that you ever did, what was the bike you rode? Oh. It was a Cannondale Cad Eight, gray oh, and like, what color? And black, you know. It was a friend's bike, you know what I mean? Like, and she had like, and she was yeah. like, "Oh, you can have it," and it was too big for uh-huh. me. But I was convinced that it was not. And it's great. I still have mine. I I borrowed my brother's old bike. Oh. It was like a size 46 frame. That was like a <laughs> I think it was a Bridgetone uh road bike with like down tube shifting. It was did not fit Excellent. properly and I didn't know how I didn't to have shift to worry gears. about it gears. Awesome. I rode an $89 yeah. red, black, and yellow fixie from Walmart. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So mine was uh, it's actually still on my wall here. It's a 1999 specialized LA M4 Pro, which is specialized uh aero. It's the road bike with aero tubing that I think like Peter Reed raced in Kona on. Um, I got it my freshman year in college and spent all of my Chinatown scholarship money on it because I was injured. (laughs) I was on the track team and I got injured. And so I spent all the money in my checking account. (laughs) Oh, you want to know how I, that was Jocelyn, the first bike I bought, like we had a deal with like the local but anyway it was like $700 which was still way too much money for me in college and I paid for it and then I couldn't pay rent and I was like oh no and then I won bingo and I won $500 I won $500 at bingo and that is how I paid my rent that one. I oh yeah it was a sketchy place and they bingo. paid me in cash and as soon and it was like one of those places where like we ended up there on accident and it was like anyway we, we were like oh shit I would get shanked in the parking lot for the cash. She said, "Oh, I was like definitely prison." Oh my no, God. it was that kind. Of- <laughs> it was that kind of place. You got shanked at that kind of place. All right, and so we were like, "We have to get out of here now." <laughs> so, so yeah, that's how I bought my first bike. I bought amazing. Yeah, I'm just glad. Like, so I finished high school. I was 17 because I have a late birthday. And so I had to open up a joint checking account with my mom. And I'm just so glad that back then they didn't have those like spending alerts that go to like your parents <laughs> when you like <laughs> make this like a fraudulent looking purchase. Cause it was like, nice. I think it was like $1,400 and it's like lime green, beautiful. Uh, the one that was like a step down that was $800 was like mirror orange. And I was like, no. Absolutely. Not. This green one is beautiful and I will <laughs> one day do a triathlon on this. But, yeah. Amazing. 
How uh, could you? How do you? Did you end up on a city bike? I mean, I didn't. I I grew up in New York. I never had mm-hmm. my first bike was. I bought it a week yeah. before my race. I grew up with token. I'm, I'm aging myself now. I didn't even have a metro card. Tokens oh, yeah, I remember tokens. I ran yeah. track and swim. I didn't. I didn't have. I never owned a bike. So I was just like, yo, that's what the messengers ride. It's good enough. Dude, for I me. never owned a bike. Yeah, yeah. Oh, commuter yeah, bike, yeah. right? So, yeah. But it was. It, it was. Uh, I I don't know if you've raced in Georgia, but it was a little bit hilly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was the, it was only 18, it was only 18 miles. And I think it was like 600 feet of climbing. Yeah. My quads were fried hmm. by the time I was done. And then I was like, yo, they have, every, what is everybody? Oh, they have gears. Oh yeah. By the end of the summer, I had a, a bike Good. with gears. Yeah. yeah. And you, you just saved the other one for like, you know, your barista, <laughs> like i still have it i'm like ride if i ride i'll ride to because the walmart by my house is not far i just ride to walmart (laughs) and what do you buy that you carry back on your fixie she could get another fixie at walmart (laughs) i mean just you know aspirin you know if i'm just running to go grab something real quick or whatever i'll ride it but i ask yeah you're such a hipster i had no idea it's crazy I was I left it I left it in Love it. Uh, Cuba one summer I used it like for transportation when I was there because sometimes trying to you know get from place to place is hard sometimes so if any listeners have some good uh first bike stories we definitely want to hear because that was a, a random question that had surprising depth to it bingo go figure <laughs> you can make lots of money doing that <laughs> almost almost shanked well thank you for listening to another week of whiffer riding and next week we get to hear all about khadijah's marathon swim coming up we know what it takes to be reaching the top I'm personally very excited to have Precision Fuel and Hydration signing on as a Feisty Try sponsor, mostly because of their commitment to education and making sure all the women lining up for triathlons this year have all the information you need to fuel your races. Like women uh, often underfuel, and they more typically complain about gel consistency. I know I do, uh, which is why I personally really love the light and easy to get down Precision gels, which still have 30 grams of carbohydrates. Precision Fuel and Hydration has also recently signed on as the official hydration partner for Ironman races in Europe, which means that the PF1000 electrolyte mix will be on course at all European races this summer for the bike and run. The 1000 mix delivers 1000 milligrams of sodium per liter or about 500 milligrams per 16 ounce water bottle, which is about the average sodium sweat concentration across thousands of sweat tests they've done on triathletes. And because it's a low calorie drink, it also lets you decouple your fueling and your hydration that can be helpful, you know, when there are so many different factors to keep track of in Ironman races. But the most important thing is testing it all for yourself, which is why you can use Precision's sweat testing spreadsheet to do your own testing and calculate your own sweat loss. 
And I know that can sound intimidating. I, I felt like that too, but it's really super manageable when you enter your numbers into their formula. And then you can book your own totally free consultation with their sports scientists, like no sales necessary. Um, you can find a wealth of information, all of this in their Precision Knowledge Hub, and you can test out their gels, drink mixes, electrolyte pills, and the specially formulated flow gel, which is made exactly for how people fuel in long course triathlon. It's like really handy. Get 15% off your first order with the code FTP15. That's FTP like feisty try podcast and the number one five or, you know, like functional threshold power FTP15 at pfandh.com.